This is the 10-Minute Take with host John Stackhouse, delivering up-to-date insights and perspectives from RBC's analysts and experts on financial and economic developments related to the COVID-19 crisis. It's Wednesday, July 8th, and I'm joined today by Craig Wright, RBC's chief economist, to talk about Canada's economic and fiscal snapshot, which Finance Minister Bill Morneau delivered this afternoon. Craig, the headline announcement today was a deficit projection of $343 billion, much bigger than expected. What was the big surprise for you? Well, I mean, aside from the, the magnitude of the, the deficit and a debt alongside of that, just over $1 trillion, um, the surprise, I think, came in a couple of forms. One, revenues uh, were weaker than even we were expecting. And that probably reflects that the, the fiscal forecast is based on a more pessimistic outlook for Canadian economic growth. The, the average of the forecast survey was uh, minus 6.8 for this year, and our forecast is minus 5.9. So that probably explains part of it. So revenues came in weaker than expected, and the, the calculations show that the deficit that was initially predicted for this year, $28 billion, uh, rose to over $100 billion just because of the economic impact that we've seen from the crisis. And then, of course, the big other big component was spending and COVID-related spending on the order of $230 billion. And I guess that probably wasn't a total surprise, though what we did get today was some new information in terms of how much the Canadian emergency wage subsidy extension cost, and that added a bit to it as well. Given that these are forecasts and we're in unprecedented economic times, what risk is there that these numbers may be off? Yeah, well, we'd like to think they're sort of the worst case scenario, but uh, actually uh, underlying some of the scenario analysis they came out today alongside of the uh, fiscal snapshot, they were allowing for even weaker economic uh, growth numbers. So one would think that uh, given today's projections, it's unfortunately the risks are probably even to bigger deficits rather than smaller deficit for, uh, for the current fiscal year. You, you touched on the drop in tax revenues, which was very surprising, especially given the increase we've seen in consumption over the last number of weeks. Wouldn't that suggest that overall spending and eventually income is going to start to lift tax revenues more than perhaps they're projecting? Yeah, I mean, it is potentially offering some upside. But, you know, when, when we look at our growth projection for the economy as a whole, which, you know, the consumer is 60 percent of it. We don't have the Canadian economy getting back to pre-crisis levels until the midpoint of 2022. And government, the federal government gets about 15 cents in every dollar produced in the economy. So, you know, that, that in and of itself leaves a, a revenue uh, hole that, by our estimates, is over $100 billion over the, the next couple of years. And today's uh, uh, weakness we saw on the revenue side sort of reflected some of that. But uh, there potentially could be some better news. We are, you know, just now starting from a calendar perspective to see uh, recovery taking hold. But unfortunately, the data lags, so we're still seeing recession-type indicators. Were there any other signals in the snapshot to change your economic forecast, either for this year or next? No, I think everybody's doing the same, trying to figure out, you know, how, how reopening uh, takes place, how uh, consistent and sustainable it is, and also with respect to the timing, but there's, there are more risks out there than we're typically accustomed to. But the indicators that we're seeing are suggesting, you know, that April was the low point from a monthly perspective and the second quarter is the weakest. But, you know, we're, we're looking at a second quarter decline of 35% annualized rate, and the previous record for Canada was a decline of 87 So, 
you know, we're getting misses now that used to be a big surprise in, uh, on any quarterly numbers. So there is a wide range of uncertainty along these forecasts. The big driver of the deficit is COVID-related spending. The CERB, the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, being a huge uh, budget item uh, and a challenge there in uh, transitioning people from CERB back to employment uh, especially using the wage subsidy, the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, or Qs, which has not had the same take-up as CERB. Minister Morneau spoke to some of the challenges there. What did you read into his thinking on how to transition millions of Canadians off of CERB and either onto Qs or other schemes? Yeah, I think when you look at, so the, I mentioned the $230 billion COVID spend, 70% of that came from those two programs, the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy and the Canadian Emergency Relief Benefit, uh, both in and around that $80 billion mark. Now, the CERB, the Canadian Emergency Relief Benefit, uh, is has remarkably quick take-up and quite sizable take-up to, you know, it, I think reflects uh, both the economic impact on individuals and the income loss, but also the simplicity of applying for the program, whereas the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy supposed to add up to $80 billion over uh, over the period um, for the course of this year. And on a year-to-date basis, it's it's tracking at a fraction of that. If there is a big shift of people on CERB to the wage subsidy benefit or even to EI, would that have any impact on the deficit projections? Well, I think they're, they're assuming a good piece of that. When you look at what's been booked to date for both the, the CERB and the, the the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy. So the CERB, their, their estimates about $80 billion, they're already $53.5 billion uh, already committed. And uh, the flip side is the Q's program, the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy. They're, again, expected to be around $80 billion for the current fiscal year. We're a good way into it. They've extended it, and yet only to date, they're just under $20 billion take up. So these fiscal projections do basically assume that the, the Canadian Emergency Relief Benefit uh, will max out soon. And we'll start to see that transition to uh, the wage subsidy program. But uh, that's, that's not, sh- not showing up yet. Um, maybe it's just a lag. The other big number today, as you mentioned, is the federal debt going through the trillion dollar mark for the first time. What does that signal to markets? You know, as we go forward, uh, most countries are dealing with a similar rise in debt relative to the size of the economy. And I think we've already seen sort of a sneak peek at what the rating agencies think of these debt and deficits with the the downgrade from Fitch. And I think what we've seen today potentially opens the door for further downgrades. And I guess the the two questions would be one is when rather than if, and also what other countries will be downgraded as well. So to some degree, uh, the ratings, AAA rating is a relative relative game as well, and others will be vulnerable as, as Canada is now too. Can Canada take on much more debt without risking that downgrade? Or are you suggesting such a downgrade at current projections is almost inevitable? Yeah, you know, I mean, we've got one of the three rating agencies already revising down Canadian debt numbers. And I think um, we're, I, I, unfortunately, I do think it's probably inevitable. And I think part of that reflects uh, that, you know, just the magnitude of what we got today in terms of the, the fiscal numbers. But also, the, you know, the, it was a fiscal snapshot. It wasn't oversold as a big fiscal plan. But um, you know, I think rating agencies as investors are well aware that, you know, there was a big economic hit and with that a massive fiscal hit, but there was no indication of a plan yet. And I'm not sure how uh, patient investors or rating agencies will be. You know, all we see today is this big hole with uh, little in terms of uh, any sort of uh, 
a credible plan to get our way out of this challenge. What medium-term risk is there for Canada in terms of interest rate increases, not in the foreseeable future, but certainly two or three years down the road? What impact would that have on our overall costs? Yeah, I mean, I think the one of the probably the only uh, pleasant surprise in today's uh, fiscal snapshot was the fact that the, the debt service burden, given the low interest rate environment, uh, is uh, is quite manageable. And you know, going forward with the economy operating so far below capacity and uh, with the unemployment rate still likely to remain high as we go forward, the outlook for inflation and, and therefore interest rates is pretty modest, pretty contained. So we won't see any massive rise in interest rates, uh, but that does pose a risk with these high levels of debt. It's not the level of debt that usually gets a government or a company. It's uh, the ability to, to service that debt. And based on current projections for interest rates uh, from us and others, uh, I think these debt levels are are sustainable. Having said that, the government today also announced lengthening their maturity. So we did see some uh, slight tick higher in Canadian rates today. And we're talking, of course, about federal borrowing. Provinces, in addition, will have higher borrowing needs uh, this year and in the years to come. Will this significant increase in the federal debt squeeze them in any way? At the margin, I think it is. But I think the provinces have uh, unfortunately already done a pretty good job of squeezing themselves out. It's, it's not uh, you know across the board, but there are some provinces that are already pushing uh, capacity limits. Um, there are a couple that still have some room to run, and we're seeing them, uh, Alberta and British Columbia, for example. But other provinces like uh, Ontario, for example, is probably already running near uh, uh, sustainable levels. And um, this, uh, when rating agencies look at Canada, they look across the board and uh, um, uh, on an across-the-board basis, you know, Canada, all general government debt looked pretty good relative size economy versus many countries until uh, until recently, and now we're we're looking very similar to others. So I think we're we're pushing our limits, and we don't have the capacity to run debt like the U.S. does. They're a reserve currency that continue to have no problems financing uh, large and growing debt levels. But uh, we we've tried that before and it didn't end well. So I don't think we'll be trying it again anytime soon. Craig, we've talked about unprecedented times on this call before, and the snapshot certainly fits that picture. Thanks for being on the call. My pleasure. Thank you. And that's our 10-minute take for today. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.